Hey guys, uh, Jade here. Just before we get into the episode proper, this episode took kind of a, a turn for some deeper discussions than we were maybe expecting it to. So we wanted to give uh, some content slash trigger warnings uh, for discussion of Christ, of rape, assault, child abuse, paedophilia, the Holocaust, um, wow, the AIDS crisis, Fucking hell, this got deep. Uh, also, there is a well-marked spoiler for the Adventure Zone. <laughs> uh, this is a very strange content slash spoiler warning. Uh, most of the heavier discussion takes place after the break. We're talking about stereotypes in this episode, so obviously there's a lot of negative shit to unpack. Please keep yourself safe if there are topics in this episode that aren't comfortable for you to listen to. We aren't going to mind if you give this one a miss. And hopefully you can join us again in the next episode. Please stay safe and look after yourselves, listeners. Uh, we love you very much and we don't want you to have a really shit day because of our podcast. Uh, for those of you sticking around, uh, we hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks. And welcome to Box Not Included, the show looking at geek culture and the media we love and loathe from queer perspective. I'm Hamish, not one of those gays, Steel. Mm, and I'm Jade. I am the very model of a modern... One second, I've practised this in my head. <laughs> Jade, I am the very model of a queer non-binary podcast host, Rose. <laughs> Fuck me, why did I do that? Why so do I we said, even prepare why, why do we hate ourselves? Why do we hate ourselves? Why do we have any structure? Mm. In this episode, we're looking at stereotypes. Yeah, we've said before, very in passing, oh, they're not a bad thing. Oh, they're not always a bad they're thing. They're not always a bad thing. And I think it's time to actually... Sort of elaborate Elaborate and see if we agree with ourselves. Yeah. Um, as members of a marginalised community, our relationships with our stereotypes, um, especially as how they're depicted in media, is complicated, to put it mildly. Yeah. Um, Right, uh, to give a... I know most people know what a stereotype is, or you have in your mind maybe an example of a stereotype, but when we talk about them... Um, so whenever you see or hear or, or taste something, you can only tell so much about it based on, on that sensory input. That isn't enough to create a full picture. So we make assumptions about what the rest of a thing is like based on what input we've had. Like when people hear bird, they think of probably a very specific idea of what a bird is in their head. For what? example, <laughs> it's like, but no, like in your age, just like birds. Oh, small, they fly, they they tweet. But... Oh, I think of ostrich fear. <laughs> like, well, there run. we go. But yeah, yes. Sorry, to, to, sorry to none of those point. things are true about every kind of bird. Exactly. Um, when um, a set of assumptions about something becomes common knowledge, and I use that term birds very fly. Yeah, it forms a stereotype, and most of the time, people don't notice. Like, for example. Birds. Uh, it's useful when you're writing fiction or creating things because it lets you save a lot of space and time that otherwise you'd have to sort of elaborate on. Um, yeah. Which, uh, oh, interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's something that is maybe important so you can sort of fall back on these things and people will be able to fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, apparently the term refers back to old printing presses where you had to set every letter and the blocks were called stereotypes. That makes sense. Which is cool. but um, And so uh, they were called such ease of these uses. Authors would use the same ones to save on costs. And so the term came to mean a ready available phrase. Mm. And when we talk about stereotypes in media, it's sort of, it's about tropes. It's about sort of a set of behaviours or appearance things. And uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. When it's you start... a massive part of yes. human culture. It's what we as people do. We categorise. We recognise patterns and we categorise. I think there's the the biggest one I can think of is always gender stereotypes. The way that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you... I mean, we're geeks and we always bring things back to media, but the way you would assume female characters and male characters will do different roles mm -hmm. in a story. Um, yeah. Yeah starts falling into trope territory though yeah tropes are narrative devices more often than not used to tell a story um 
so we're, we're trying to be aware of not falling into tropes when we have this discussion, but often a stereotype can inform then a trope that will pop up again and again in media. And that isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes a, um, a stereotype is just, it's useful shorthand. Yeah, one could argue it's lazy, hmm. but also like stereotypes are good for deconstructing. People recognise a stereotype. That's why they've become a stereotype. The The problem is negative stereotypes or when people assume that a stereotype, they stop seeing it as a stereotype and start thinking it's a fact. Yes, and tropes can perpetuate stereotypes. Most definitely. And even stereotypes which are positive stereotypes are very harmful. Just the idea of associating any individual with something they should be doing yeah. is very bad. As soon as you start prescribing somebody's behaviour based on an aspect of them, yeah. then you are in dangerous water, regardless of how well-meaning your stereotype might be. We're not going to talk about racial stereotypes. No, we have no um, business talking about racial stereotypes, except how we don't want to perpetuate them. Do all white people not like spicy food? Oh, we could talk about white stereotypes. What, what are some white stereotypes? Can't dance. Can't dance? Fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like I am... Yeah, well, I enjoy dancing. Uh, can't, like bland food slash can't handle spicy food. Not always true. But it still exists. It's quite a good general role. Uh, I've sometimes when I've like picked up a phone and ordered ordered mm. an Indian takeaway, I kind of just want to go like, "Hi, I'm white." Yeah, and go, okay, they, they, five commas. Some, sometimes they're going based on your voice. I swear to God. Um, but yeah, these are yeah. Those are just a couple of examples. Um, what we're going to talk about is gender and sexuality, more so sexuality because gender stereotypes is also is like gender roles and that sort of very systematic of society as a whole and how, especially in the West, there's a very prescribed idea of how men are and how women are. There's also a lot of feminist podcasts. Which yeah, who are doing a really great job of... Tackle this much better than us. Yeah, so we're looking more about the portrayals of uh, sexuality, uh, particularly in, in, in media. And our changing feelings towards them. Yeah. I mean, I what stereotypes do you think you conform to? Oh, well, it's interesting if we... Def- uh, the distinction between uh, stereotypes uh, as they appear in media and then stereotypes that, that exist outside of media. Uh, because if we go for, like... And I'm using bi here as a catch-all sort of pan and queer. Just mm. like, uh, well, one, we don't exist. <laughs> um, or everybody is, which the things I here said. Or one of my favourite ones is, uh, what is it? Anything that moves is a trope yeah. heavily associated with bisexual people. In media, as somebody that is attracted to people of all genders and, you know, occasionally like animal people and stuff <laughs> like that. Look, I, I'm not ashamed to admit I've been attracted to a, to various characters in the past. I know who I am. All as, cartoon foxes. Look, okay, <laughs> look, my demon is a fox. My fursona is a fox. Disney has a lot to answer for. Um, yeah. I love how they decided to double down and then created Nick in, in Zootopia. Like, we know our brand and it's sexy, charismatic foxes. What? Um, I really, jokingly, because my other thought for this I was going to be depraved bisexual. <laughs> um, but yeah, bisex- the stereotypes of bisexuals as portrayed a lot in media is that we're very dangerous. Uh, we don't give a shit about uh, your gender. We'll have sex with anything. Anyone. Should be pointed out, it's probably very obvious, but this episode we're going to be mentioning a lot of stereotypes, which yeah, they n- might be harmful. And yes, most of these stereotypes are bad. Like uh, to when I think about so bisexual stereotypes, the the te- the the sort of the joke is either in the, in its most uh, complimentary is mm. oh you have twice as much chance of yeah. oh, finding oh, by someone. the way it, it's very a, an offside thing with um, so often it's very dismissed if but, it, yeah if it's not painted in a negative light it's very much a oh but the the more harmful thing is you probably bisexual people don't have a better chance of finding people because everyone hates bisexual people it seems and we don't exist they're very untrustworthy it's just a phase uh, we'll they cheat on you haven't decided they're greedy yep lazy um selfish it's like a show-off mm-hmm. sort of thing 
Um, doing it for attention. Yeah. And... Yeah. But, and I mean, those are just some, like, off the top of our heads. Uh, when I pulled up the list of... Uh, of stereotypes associated uh, that TV tropes had. The three, first, all gays are paedophiles, all gays are promiscuous, all gays love theatre. Guess which one I <laughs> I am happy to. Well, mm, this is the thing. I think there's so many stereotypes about mm-hmm. gay people mm-hmm. that it's quite hard to not be one of them because the the more you try and stop being one you end up into another gay kind like of stereotype like for example the camp gay and you might go I'm s- not going to be that I'm going to be the muscle the, the straight gay the straight gay yeah um I do th- <laughs> sorry you just did a funny action to your laptop <laughs> sorry um shut up <laughs> uh the there's I also, when researching this episode, realised that we're definitely at a better place in the fact that the the gay stereotypes that uh, I'm kind of talk about slightly is, in media is we went through a phase of gay characters being very camp and effeminate. Um, then we reacted very hard. In the other direction, the other direction, and we're now in a stage where we realise that's quite harmful. So we're going for a kind of middle ground where we represent, like a lot of gay people do, like theatre. They Mm. are camp. That's cool. But the problem is with coming to this sort of quote safe neutral ground. Maybe I might have to start a quote jar. (laughs) I'm saying it a lot, but it's just like people then going, okay, what if I do anything outside of this safe middle ground? I'm then perpetuating harmful stereotypes, which. No, because people are like this. It's just of, when you make that your only representation. Yeah, you get a lot of sort of sexless, vaguely happy, but not really... They don't have many goals. Or any personality. Um, they're just sort of... There? There, and that feels... That's when it starts to feel like tokenism, where you've just said, well, they're gay, but there's no reason for them to be in the story. I don't know. If you listened to the 32 previous episodes of Box Not Included, you'll know that very few things I'm 100% A-OK with. Uh, it there's, there's, there's a million ways to piss me off with gay characters. Uh, see, whereas I'm bisexual, so I don't have a strong opinion on one or any. <laughs> well, you don't exist. I've been doing this podcast on my own. I've been coming to your house, <laughs> this your empty house, and doing this on my own all this time. Well, no, I'm here. I'm just invisible. <laughs> Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> That's what that voice has been. Um, but when uh, we talk about uh, stereotypes that... Mm. Hmm, I'm, 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 I'm looking at gay stereotypes. Um, Having fun, are we? I'm not a paedophile. <laughs> I haven't died yet. Um, yeah, I was going to say, uh, while Hamish throws the list, there's also sort of tropes that have become... A stereotypical thing you see in gay media or in media portraying gays, for example, bury your gays. Yeah, I which has sort of become a stereotype in and of itself. It's a hard one because that we die. You want to represent authentic stories, and that mm-hmm. often means the sad parts. Yeah, but you don't want every, you don't want to perpetuate the idea that all gay people are sad and depressed. Mm. A lot of us are. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's fairly common. There's lots of reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at the stereotypes and I think that I'm one of the things that's, uh, that is often stereotype is um, a lisp or feminine speaking tone and I have a very strong feeling about this okay. because I've never seen a character who is gay with a lisp and a feminine speaking tone that is not a comedy character. Yeah. I'm very I wanted one day to do a sci-fi thing and I want the captain of the spaceship to have very clear big quotation mask, gay voice. Yeah. Um and that just to be an aspect of the character and they're very respected and they're very good at their job. Um I kind of want to do that a comic and I'm currently debating how you represent that in a comic. Yeah. Um but 
the thing that really annoys me more than anything is people thinking that the liberated uh, amazing way to represent people is by make them as cishet coded as possible yeah they think that's progressive and that really annoys me um mm-hmm. because you don't see real and i mean there are okay people like that but they're so represented and they're so safe for cishet audiences they don't have to think about it it takes very little for cishet audiences to start thinking it's being shoved in their face. Yeah. Um, we talked about Bill Potts mentioning it like yeah. every three episodes, maybe in a f- throwaway line where she never actually said the word lesbian yeah. or gay. Mm-hmm. And people thinking, I wish you wouldn't shove it in our face. Unlike, you know, no, the just... married couple that was on the TARDIS a few seasons ago. Yeah. Um, Go figure. It. So you end up with these very safe, nothingy characters, which are so scared of doing any stereotype. They exist, they're trying to uh, wiggle past every single stereotype because they think stereotypes are a bad thing. Yeah. So that's why we keep saying it's not a bad thing. And I've seen so many people who are ashamed of conforming to a stereotype. Yeah, that's something I want to unpack. I would say a queer stereotype that you conform to is your hair. Yeah. Uh, I... (laughs) Look like a typical non-binary person. And because I'm doing air quotes, I'm going to put some money in this jar because I feel dirty. The, yeah, the problematic <laughs> jar is now also upgraded to, to finger quotes. Finger quotes. Also includes finger quotes or just saying quote, unquote. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was something I, I wanted to talk about um, when we were looking at stereotypes. When people say non-binary, the stereotype is white afab individuals usually thin i don't consider myself to be thin by any scope of the imagination um but yeah and um androgynous looking i am those things for the most part and it's just like i feel so much guilt in a lot of ways but also i feel angry in a also, that it's just like, oh, that's not the only way to be non-binary. It's just like, yeah, but is there so much stuff about being non-binary that I now feel awful about it? And it's like, I didn't know. To be fair, I kind of knew that the buzzed size or undercut with longer hair on the top, I kind of knew that was a bit of a queer hairstyle. Mm. But I also really like the aesthetic of it. But yeah, I would argue the quick, easiest codifier of me of my appearance is that i have short uh, people read me as feminine or female and i have short brightly dyed hair with buzzed sides Mm -hmm. as if you've seen our art (laughs) um amusingly enough my hair is also currently the colors of the bisexual flag (laughs) which is kind of an accident that happened in the best possible way it's interesting though when you you might have a period of trying to avoid stereotypes and then you cross in over into a phase of, I am currently want to be read as more gay. Yeah. And it really, I'm I'm trying to work out ways which stay authentic to myself and I'm not being something I'm not. So you're not, it's not performative. I saw a guy who had a bisexual pin badge on his jacket a few days ago. Yeah. And I said to him, I really like your badge and I think I made his day. Yeah. And... I don't. I, I find it very hard to get read that way, mm. especially because I'm currently working in office with Lydia, and we act like a the complete most married, married couple. The most married. We're always just like grabbing each other's hands and saying, "Oh, what should we watch tonight?" Yeah. And like, "Oh, where where are we going to eat?" And like, I've been read as a couple so many times. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm. I drop like. I'm going to start dropping hints that I'm a homosexual. Yeah. I'm a homosexual. Uh. Mm. I. I want to be read in certain ways. So I'm currently like trying to lean more into... Yeah, lean into it. Lean into the stereotypes a bit more because I think the hair is an interesting thing because you go through a phase of what I did of, oh, I don't want that haircut. I don't want to be read as gay. And I'm like, how can I be brave enough to get that haircut so I can be read as gay? Yeah. Um, I am... The other day, I, I put this picture up on uh, my Instagram and on my Twitter. I, I had my hair is still very vibrant, mm. thankfully, right now, and it was down, and you could see the full spectrum of the colours in my hair. 
and I was wearing one of my I was wearing my critical role shirt, which is a lovely purple shirt with a unicorn on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and amusingly enough, the t- all the colours on the shirt also matched my hair. And the character of Gilmore is a gay man. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, if anyone mistakes me as a heterosexual today, I am doing something wrong, <laughs> was the caption I put on that photo. And I don't, I don't know if people read me as queer. But I'm like, I don't know what else I can do except for fucking stapling a rainbow flag to my shoulders. And I appreciate that visibility can be a very dangerous thing. I'm not trying to to diminish that, and that's another conversation. And like, there are places I would be date. There are parts of the town where I live that I would definitely not want to do that. But we've said before, and I I stand by this. I want other queer people to see me and recognise me as. Yeah, I mean, I. I think I've definitely shared a couple of looks with people on like trains and stuff like that, who are kind of like. Oh, I, I, this was an amazing moment. I really wish I'd spoken to them all, but they seemed very shy. Mm-hmm. But I was sat opposite uh, somebody on the train coming home and they had a hat covered in pin badges and I saw uh, a trans pin and I saw an ace pin and I was just like, oh, this young this young baby, uh, one of my people's. I'm, I'm struggling because I, I, I want to... I want to like laser point eye to mm. them and show like, don't worry, I am as well. But it always see. comes across as like, oh, look at them. Yeah, no, same. I'm uh, whenever I see couples holding hands, I always accidentally look disgusted and shocked because when actually I'm shocked and happy, and I want to give them a hug and tell them they're beautiful. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, I have a Dream Daddy t-shirt. Yes. Which is pink and says Dream Daddy on it and it's covered in hearts. Um, I have dungarees and I have a cap that says Magical Boy. Nice. And um, a bunch of badges. Like I have a San Junipero badge and a rainbow badge and things like that. And I've sometimes worn these to work and in this expressed like notion of wanting to be read a certain way. And then sort of, I feel really confident and great yeah. But also the walk to work through a couple of parts of London, yeah. I don't think of. The fear. Yeah. Kind of makes, I always end up getting work and more kind of like sweaty and like sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, another, uh, this is, I'm going to lay some stuff down on the table. Uh, something, uh, something I'm aware that I do on this podcast. Um, I talk about my partner mm-hmm. a lot and that's awesome. And I talk about our producer, Graham. They are, in fact, the same person. Yep. Hamish knows this. And as somebody that is red as female, even though I'm not, (laughs) with a partner who is um, a cishet guy, and that's how he identifies, some could argue the fact that he is with a non-binary person, so he's not heterosexual. Mm. That's not for me to take from him. I struggle with my own issues of internalised biophobia about being somebody red as female with a partner that is male. Mm. Because that's the stereotype. It's one of the reasons why I get so aggressively... I want people I want men to talk about bisexuality more because mm. I don't think the stere- I don't think the stereotype that all these bi women have male straight partners is the case I think there's a lot of bi men yeah. who don't for whatever reasons patriarchy whatever women are encouraged a bit more to open up about their bisexuality Mm -hmm. and i think men always think of oh yeah every straight dude has a gay thought now and again yeah and there's lots of bullshit about the patriarchy and max masculinity now yeah Uh, yeah i think there's a lot of bi men with girlfriends yes um as as i think i said in our um in our back to school episode um the no box vox pop about how it's easier to find a partner of a different gender to you yeah there's more there's more people attracted to your gender than 
I don't know what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, no, I know like, what you mean. They're, they're, they're more they're, likely they're to make people options. attracted to a different gender to themselves than the same gender. And they're um, shot in specific. And you don't... I, I don't... I, it falls into this kind of like queerer than thou type thing, which yeah. frustrates me. Like, yeah. you can't just stop. You're not a better queer for no. uh, dating someone of the same gender. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's a whole lot to unpack around biphobia and mm. how a lot of us feel. And I can't speak for every bisexual person, but hey, there's there's more of us than you might think. But uh, the whole notion of picking a side and things that make me incredibly angry. And I, I've been called greedy for being bisexual. That that fun stereotype. And um, I'm I'm Polly as well. So I'm just like. I, I like sex. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oh, right. So I'm a, a bisexual, a poly bisexual person who uh, appears to be female, is in a long term relationship with a straight, uh, a cishet guy, and I want to sleep with other people. <laughs> hey! I am so, I am the embodiment of so many fucking bisexual stereotypes. And I have to deal with a lot of internalised bullshit about that. And none of those things are fucking bad. Yeah, I feel bad. Yeah. I am made to feel bad. I think that's the why we lean more into the stereotypes on a bad thing thing, because obviously they are in a lot of different ways. God, yes, there are so many harmful stereotypes. But none of those are bad things. It's just the fact that it's a stereotype is bad. And people get so scared of uh, acknowledging that they're part of this. I'm a stereotype in lots of ways. Um, <laughs> beards became very popular yeah. after gay people sort of reclaimed them. Yeah. And men... So a lot of the time, when you're talking about acknowledging someone on uh-huh. the train, I get more looks from fat bearded men on my walk home than any other group. Yeah. And we can exchange a little nod. Yeah. Um, I am on a a gay app. (gasps) How scandalous. Scandalous. The the, mm, trouble in paradise. No. Um, uh, A stereotype. Mm -hmm. Justin and I are in a semi-open relationship. That's not something I've said before, uh-huh. but that is a stereotype of gay men. Uh-huh. Um, and there is a, when a beardy man <laughs> <laughs> makes an acknowledgement at me, I think it's because they've seen me <laughs> on one of those things. <laughs> um, and I like I like the acknowledgement from other queer yeah. people. Um, oh, no, I, 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 for me, it tends to be, I say, because I'm already in a relationship with a man, I tend to look for queer ladies. Mm. That's not how it works. I know that's not how it works. However, when I meet somebody who um, maybe has some, like, is maybe coded feminine or um, you don't make assumptions about people's gender, but people who maybe present as feminine, who present as feminine, individuals that maybe look like me, Mm. And I'm sort of like, I try desperately to make sort of, in the way that I'm incredibly bad at flirting with eye contact because, hey, autism, I'm just like, I'm going to smile at that person with dyed hair who's cute in the hope that they might smile back. Shit, I wear an engagement ring. Fuck, I don't want them to think that I'm in a monogamous relationship or I'm just the kind of bisexual person that cheats. Oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. I mean, I used to think that... uh if they had a beard, they're gay. <laughs> That's just not mm-hmm. useful in 2017. Yeah, no. It may, amusingly enough, um, my uh, my partner Graham, uh, in many ways, is very much the typical bear in mm. appearance. Yeah. Um, to the point where we made the joke a couple of years ago when we went to Pride down in Brighton that they were going to kidnap him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've I've made eyes at like. A dyed blonde haired guy with a beard and a nose ring and a cap and a mm. like pink t shirt, and he's been with his girlfriend. Yeah, like maybe he's bi. Maybe that'd he be like bi. it. That'd be great. But yeah. um, 
Yeah, one of the break does things like, um, I don't say, straight people appropriating gay culture, which sounds like a bullshit thing to say. Just like, but yeah, those straight girls who are like, oh, I wear short hair and a plaid shirt and my boyfriend's skinny jeans. She's like, how am I supposed to know where the lesbians are? I know, but that it is true. Like, we, we used to get mocked for our fashion choices. Yeah. And uh, as Vivacious says... Mm. Gay stands for generations ahead of yesterday, oh. and we've done everything first. Yeah, though um, um, I want to say amusingly. Now I, I saw this: it's um, straight girls copying gay guys who are copying black women. Yes, that happens too as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, there's a, there's a deep frustration to be found in that where certain things become fashionable, and one, they become expensive, and two, you can't find your people. But this is about stereotypes. Yes. We get shamed for conforming to a stereotype. We don't do the stereotype. Then the stereotype goes mainstream. Then the stereotype goes mainstream and we don't know what to do. I think about it all the time in just what you are doing Mm. is read differently depending on who you are. I'm quite, I consider myself fat. Mm -hmm. When I have a large lunch, it's a lot, I feel a lot more embarrassed than if a skinnier person yeah it would be seen as kind of adorkable if they were having a burger and i feel a bit ashamed that's probably not the case i mean everyone has body images but that's how i feel and i feel the same a lot of that has happened with there was the stereotype of lesbians dressing a certain way Mm -hmm. but when a straight girl does it it's cute it's cute and oh i'm wearing my boyfriend's t-shirt it's like no i just like wearing big baggy shirts as somebody that live that adores wearing plaid shirts with a tank top and Yeah. yeah that's i do that um, I have rabbited on a lot and to the point where I'm quite parched. Yeah. I think we could both do with some uh, liquid refreshment. What do you say? I don't know. Is it is it a stereotype for gays to eat tea? Drink tea? <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going to have a fruity cocktail. Oh, Hamish. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> show darlings how are you all Hamish is having a conniption the middle part of the show where reality doesn't quote function in a normal sense yes we have slipped in too I think we've got worse at breaking into the middle section every single episode I think it's because you've become increasingly aware of it yeah I don't I can't do the transition very well well as the uh the trans non-binary person I feel like (laughs) you're expert at the transitions (laughs) Amusing because I don't intend to transition because non-binary. But hey, that's another topic for another day. We're not talking about stereotypes right now. We're talking about you amazing listeners and our amazing sponsor. Beastly Beverages. We love them. You love them. If you've listened to a number of episodes, you've heard us talk about Beastly Beverages a number of times. Why? Okay. Why don't you actually go? To BeastlyBeverages.com. I'm skipping ahead a bit, but why don't you actually go there? You've heard us talk about it. I know it's very easy. The way podcasting advertising works is you hear it 500 times. Yeah. But it's not just like, oh, maybe I'll check that out. We, I mean, we'd offer, we'd get sponsorship from Casper and Blue Apron if they offered it. But but we specifically choose queer-owned businesses Mm -hmm. because we think you'll like them. Yeah. We can get back on track now. I just wanted to say, Go. Beastly Beverages <laughs> are fandom and fantasy luxury hand-blended loosely. Bury your face in a cushion if you can't control yourself, Hamish. And they also do tea-related geeky paraphernalia. The stereotype is that we do this section every time the same, and I'm messing it up. I'm breaking the stereotype away. Sorry, what am I talking about? I have no idea <laughs> the anymore. The business is quite we've gotten, we've, Yeah, as we said, the ingredients are all... Uh, the ingredients are all organic and fairly traded, and nearly all of them are suitable for vegans as well, which is awesome. It's also a stereotype of vegans supporting independent queer-owned businesses. Queer vegans. Yeah. We love you. Um, Let's do a product spotlight. I'm going to switch on the spotlight. Boom, light the torches. We are going to talk about Dragon Age-related 
Dra- Dragon Age is that dating sim, right? Where like the high fantasy yeah, one. Yeah, it's just like this queer dating sim. Yeah. Um, there's this kind of like subplot about saving the world. Isn't there like, ma- something wars? about mages? I don't know, but don't know. um, yeah. Basically, the point of the game is to uh, romance all the people. Romance all the people. That's and my understanding of it. At least. While you play the uh, Dragon Age franchise, mm-hmm. uh, why don't you take a sip from one of these delightful beverages inspired by the characters? Yeah, um, I am very peripherally aware of Dragon Age because of Tumblr, which is how I know the running gag about it being a dating sim. <laughs> um, but there are a number of teas inspired by Dragon Age at Beastly Beverages. They also have some stickers. Uh, but because I know nothing about any of the characters, I went based on the art of the character I would most like to smooch. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Witches of the Wilds, which is inspired by Morrigan. Uh, it's a dark, smoky tea spiced with cloves. Like It's, it's a Lapsang Chouchon. <laughs> Fuck off, Hamish. I did not choose that one because the ingredients look complicated to <laughs> yeah, pronounce. Yeah, I, I think it's pronounced Lapsang Souchong and it contains cloves. And um, apparently this team may or may not aid in shape-shifting, which makes me very excited and more attracted to this person, <laughs> I have to say. But uh, that's the tea that I picked out. Uh, I chose My Eyes Are Up Here, mm-hmm. um, which is also the character I most like to smooch. He also has a strong uh, resemblance to my friend Ben Tobit, so uh-huh. I don't know if he'll feel complimented by that. But it's based on the character of Varric. Um, this tea is perfect for settling down and spinning stories of Dragon Age. Uh, it's a strong black tea with a deep mint undertones. Ooh, interesting. Uh, it's perfect for an after-dinner luxury Ooh. or anytime. <laughs> So, anytime. Uh, Like me. It's a black tea with peppermint. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I want some after eight minutes. That does sound good. Yeah. Um, If you want to try these teas, or any of the others, you should check them out at beastiebeverages.com. They also have a Patreon, a Facebook, a Tumblr, a Twitter, and an Instagram. And if you use the sponsor code BeverageBeast... All one word, capital Bs. To get, you can get free shipping when you spend £20 or more. Beastly Beverages ships worldwide and... Once again, that code is BeverageBeast. And check them out. You might find something you didn't expect. I'm never going to come up with a better slogan than that, so I'm going to stop now. I think we should go back to talking about stereotypes. I could do happiness in a mug, but I'm fairly certain that's bachelors. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just say... (sighs) It's good tea! Drink it! Beastly beverages. Let's go back to the show. Please. Save us from ourselves. Stereotypes. (laughs) (laughs) Hamish and I haven't been in the studio together for a while and we've both had caffeinated energy drinks as well as our tea. Things are going a bit strange. Um, Yeah. I want to talk about how there are dangerous stereotypes. Yeah, please. Um, We have talked about how there's ones which... Uh, are harmful because of our kind of slightly closed-minded society but aren't actually really bad. Yep. We've talked about stereotypes that are annoying. Yep. Um, but other ones which are genuinely dangerous and ones that you really hate seeing in media. Yeah. Um, I think some of these would have come up in our... when we talked about queer coding as well. Mm. I am really fucking sick of stereotypes like uh, the depraved bisexual, the crazy lesbian... Um, let me pull up well, the list. Well, when I was looking up on it, it's yeah. interesting that bef- gay stereotypes have come on to a point where they're oh. mostly frustrating. Yep. Um, but previously, most gay representation was serial killers. Yeah, downright uh, things like the psycho lesbian. Yeah. I, um, I might all, get all it wrong. All gays are paedophiles, like we mentioned before. We were talking at work about gay serial killers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I was trying to make the point, I I think John Wayne Gacy mm-hmm. was, well, in, had same-sex attraction. Yeah. Um, I was trying to make the point, and I don't think people understood, yeah. that no, I'm not defending him because he's gay. What is very frustrating, what is harmful, yes. is that he got away with killing people for so long because the people he were killing were young gay, gay people and bisexual men. And yeah. 
the cops didn't care about them going missing. Yeah. Um, maybe there's something to say in the fact that what a heteronormative society does to someone. Yep. But We aren't psychologists. But it's very frustrating that gay people are either just stereotyped as... Um, the killers or the victims. Yeah. You see it, I, I know we say we wouldn't talk about race, but the whole kind of black on black crime argument you yep. always hear where it absolves the real people yes. making the problem mm-hmm. by saying, oh, it's all their problem. Like the whole, sorry to make things really serious and sad, but the whole Pulse nightclub shooting, the yeah. second people found out that the killer had been using Grinder for whatever reason, reason it suddenly made gay people... Gay on gay crime. Oh, yeah, he's people suddenly felt absolved. Oh, we this need... Is, to... This isn't society's fault. Yeah. And I think that's... I think while most gay stereotypes I see are... Yeah, no, I just want to say that stereotype makes me so angry. All homophobia is internalised homosexual desire. Fuck off! I, I still see gay people making this joke. Like, Fuck of like, off with that fucking joke. Every time I see a news article that's like, ooh, anti-gay Republican found with a like rent boy. Fuck and I see off. gay news websites reposting that as a kind of joke. And I'm like, yeah. that's harmful. Yeah. That says that it homophobia doesn't exist. Yeah. It's just repressed people who Yeah. It it's really upsetting to me. Newsflash, lots of fucking straight people hate gay people. I saw people the um uh, President, Prime Minister, Mayor... I, I, I wish I knew more yeah. about this. The guy in charge of Chetnia. Yes. Uh, who's I think he's a Prime Minister. Prime Minister. Uh, horrible homophobic mm-hmm. uh, regime. Yeah. Genocide. Yeah. Uh, these concentration camps. And most people saying, oh, it's clearly because he's a closeted gay person. Um, that does not help. That fucking hinders so many discussions. So that and, stereotype needs to die in a fucking fire. Yes, there are instances where, in some cases, yeah, I imagine internalised homophobia is part of it. However, this fucking psychological study that gets trotted out for this was deeply flawed. And were it true, that absolves nothing. That, yeah, like, makes... The straight people trying to say it's not their problem, uh, even more responsible. It, like, I don't know. It, it, it's bad, mm-hmm. and that's a dangerous one because it involves. Um, it doesn't directly like. It involves how we deal with problems. Like, I think of how, um, abuse in queer relationships often just gets sort of i i this sounds awful i've genuinely heard it where like man abused by his husband or boyfriend and people say oh they're just like everyone else like a lover's quarrel or the idea that they like oh they do that too or things like that there's just all these like really negative things of people just treating it is oh it's gay then it's not our problem at all yeah especially when it's so these things are so invisible like men experience domestic violence at the hands of both male partners and female partners yeah. uh lesbian couples or women uh, couples with both partners are women you there's abuse in those relationships like don't <sighs> it, it 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 i think because do feel all queer people in some way have a certain level of uh, psychological impact from being closeted and having to work out their identity. Mm. Uh, throwing, you know, two people together, the, the, it's... <laughs> it's okay. When people talk about the stereotype of, like, gay people maybe being depressed or using drugs and things, they think it's because they're gay and not because mm. growing up closeted and in a society that hates you yeah. is psychologically damaging. And, like, so many of the stereotypes we still live with mm. are the result of purposeful hate-mongering. Yeah. Like, and all, scapegoating. Yeah, all gays are promiscuous. Like, blaming... like. I saw this really interesting article talking about, like, um, the AIDS crisis and how it was discussed as this gay plague and how we don't, people maybe of our generation and younger, don't realise the extent to which that still holds Mm. weight. Like, because we aren't fucking taught our own history. Yeah. But things like um, 
just like uh, all gays being paedophiles, like uh, just like all gays are predatory. Uh, they they're trying that it's it's a filthy lifestyle. Never mind the fact that so many gay people are pushed to the fringes of society and are desperate to fucking like we are the products of the society. And then you fucking throw all this bullshit on on top of us, and then we're still living with the stereotypes now. And the thing is, HIV and AIDS is more likely with gay men for lots of other reasons. And the fact that when it's so easy to make these stereotypes because there's a fraction of truth and it's, they link it to the sexuality mm. rather than the inherent other problems. Mm. Um, it, I mean, the fact that uh, I know, well, I know gay people with HIV mm. and they have their own set of stereotypes within their community. Yeah. People don't want to be... Mm. Yes. The reason why... In the gay community, yeah, so much weight is put on the like Greek statue figure. The Adonis, yeah, is because during the AIDS crisis, the way to tell people you didn't have AIDS was to be the Healthy. biggest, most muscly thing, and that's Fuck. when like gym culture became so massive. Um, but that meant nothing. That meant you could, you know, have HIV, but you were trying to show Jesus. that you didn't and all these kind of like self-damaging cycles that and these all come from stereotypes and us trying to uh run, like be as far away from them as possible mm. i have mentioned this before on the podcast but like the month i decided to have a mustache mm-hmm. came with so, so many, many sex offender jokes didn't they? well yeah and i got so much suspicion about it um and that was me, my attempt to be read as more queer in a way, because yeah. I think it's a kind of weird symbol. That... Yeah, certainly used to be. Yeah, and... And there you go, but then the sex offender jokes, because... Yes. Gay men. Yeah, that's the thing. No, that's the was... weirdest pronunciation of gay men I think I've ever <laughs> but said. But that's, that's where it... That's, it's yeah. so tied and linked, because they are seen as the same thing. We are all seen as fucking deviant. But we... Okay... The biggest air quotes of all time. I'm putting lots of changes to the air quotes. Yeah. We were sex offenders. Yes. We were illegal in the same way that, you know, any actual sex offence. Like sexually assault. Yeah. Having sex with somebody of the same gender was in the eyes of the law as bad as raping somebody. Yeah, and the sentencing people got for Fuck. rape originally was abhorrent, these short and small, mm. whereas you could never... That's... An, that's This has got very, very serious. Yeah, but that, no, this that is going to be a fun episode about stereotypes. That's, that's an act someone does, and, you know, someone always remains that. But the fact that an identity is illegal... Yes. Um, ...is... And like, and because of the history of them being linked, you see so much nowadays of it's given paedophilia a platform to say, well, one day we'll be considered that. Things like Nambla. Um, yeah. And you can go down a really weird hole looking into all this, but yeah. the, the fact that a stereotype existed and it still affects the culture on all sides of the... I don't want to say debate, but like all yeah. sides of... The argument. The argument... Um, That's basically the same as debate, I'm sorry. feels different. Okay. Uh, it's distressing. Yeah, debate implies both sides have legitimacy. Yeah, whereas you can argue anything. Mm. Um, yeah. It it, And just the fact that, you know, a moustache mm. reminds me of these things. Um, yeah. The fact that, I, I, you know, I wheel this out all the time, but the fact that... I. Seeing as we mentioned paedophilia and rape, like yeah, the fact that when the Nazi concentration camps yeah stopped, all the people in there for being gay were just moved to a different prison because they were still Fuck criminals everything. in the eyes of every country involved, and all of that still exists. When people, the thing that I I I can deal with a homophobe. The thing that really frustrates me, the the comment on an mm. article that I can I can't resist with mm. fighting is 
why do people even care anymore? Like, no one cares anymore. It doesn't people, affect... people fucking don't. I know. And people, I do think, as a progressive, they'll go, there's always going to be the working something out and having to tell someone aspect of being queer. Yep. I was going to make a point and I kind of forgot what I was going to say. I, I, I wanted to briefly mention, I, I when I went into this, I was thinking, ooh, actually gay stereotypes are mostly just kind of like annoying things. And I just went on a kind of yeah. unprepared rant about how they're not. Yeah. Um, but when looking into stereotypes, I found that gay ones at the moment are mostly just like, oh, you like whatever, blah, blah. Lesbian stereotypes are another stage of like, of badness and there's bisexual stereotypes and then obviously trans stereotypes i can't think of any which are like there are no good stereotypes they're awful and it's like there's so many films i can just watch from like the Mm. late 90s and i'm like oh my god this got released i liked this film Mm -hmm. and i'm like wow yeah the but the uh trick but you know yeah. Tricking someone. That whole fucking story device needs to die. And it's still... I... I'm at the moment uh-huh. uh, preparing to release um, Dead Endia. Oh, more self-promotion. And basically, okay, a, a comment I have heard, because I asked for sensitivity readers. I still need to do that. I'm very sorry. That's fine. Um... I, when I first wrote it, it involves a trans man dating a cis man. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, oh, it's just implied that the cis man probably noticed, but it's not a big deal to him and everything's great. Yeah. But because that's not in the text. Yes. I've had some people commenting and being scared and like, oh, but when's he going to find out? And it's never crossed my mind that he doesn't know. Yeah. And until it's acknowledged in the text, yeah, the whole relationship has, for some people, been very anxiety-inducing. And Does this mean we're going to get to have like a cool feature of them in bed together, where it's implied? I'm actually going. Uh, there's a there's a scene in the uh, current mm. version where they go on a date to a restaurant. Yeah, and I've changed that scene one hundred percent. Okay. To them going to a club. Oh, okay. Um. And, I don't know why I said ooh. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to just, I'm trying to give vlogs a bit more personality. Put 3D in the background. Don't worry. No, but I mean that they should be obvious that they're queer. Yes, I will, don't worry. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to have them mention it. Um, awesome. I'm hoping to. I'm still asking for sensitivity readers' feedback. But I'm going to have something like... <sighs> this is really sloppy. But yeah. say like, oh, I'm like, I'm trans, and yeah, I want it to be the 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 the. I want to put in the text, but like, oh yeah, well, I you know, I kind of maybe guess, but it's fine, because like, as and until you have that moment, people are going to be having the stereotype, the 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 fear that yeah. all trans people have to have the moment they say that they don't have to. Yeah. But obviously, if you find someone and you love someone, you want to share yeah. the important things in your life with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never see it represented in media without it being seen as like a big trick. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, like one of the big examples is still the crying game. Um, and I'd, I've never watched The Crying Game. And The Crying Game is complicated whether the, the character in question is like is a trans woman or is just genderqueer. Mm. I don't know, but there's still that, that, that reveal and people's reaction to it is still that visceral kind of... Don't watch mm. Ace Ventura I was gonna, I remember, anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember Tybee, um, of, formerly of Interrobang, Travis and Tybee, talking mm. about... How Ace Ventura is still a really good movie, aside from the transphobia. Yeah, I like mean, if you cut out that, it's so little of the content of the movie. But fuck but it, like, me, is it awful? And that the plot bit. sort of hinges on it. It's not like, I mean, Justin showed me um, the Crocodile Dundee films, mm. an Australian stereotype that he wants to show me those films. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, in the first one, he reveals that a trans woman in a bar is. A trans woman. It's quite hard to like explain these scenes and like upgrade the lingo and like rips off her wig and 
he's applauded for like kicking her out and whatever. And then in the second movie, it starts with a guy trying to kill himself. And Crocodile like saves him from jumping over a building. Yeah. And then the guy says, Oh, I'm upset because my boyfriend left me. And he like drops him. Fucking hell. He survives. But like, that's the joke. Fucking hell. Um, and I mean, unless they're. Because Crocodile Dundee's the hero. Because I was going to say, if it... Oh. But. Oh, no, I won't interrupt. No, but I was going to say, just like, if the character is nominally our hero who then does something like that. We as the audience who are supposed to be rooting for that protagonist, oh, that's an okay way to behave. That is how fucking these things work. This, though, plays into a stereotype, which really annoys me, about all queer people. Yeah. Which is the plot of those films is fish out of water, guy who is like a man's man and knows nature, comes to the hedonistic sort of... uh, The big city. The big city. And it really frustrates me how queerness is always associated with... The, when I think about the Hunger Games... Yeah, we've discussed this before. ...how in the capital people can dress sort of... Flamboyantly, flamboyantly and, and There's less and... concept of gender, and mm-hmm. that's seen as something that only like the privileged few can afford to do. Yeah. While I do believe that it is true in a sense mm. that there are lots of parts of the world where you can't present like this, it doesn't mean that they don't exist. Yeah. It would have been really nice to maybe include a queer-coded... I say coded because I'm not giving the, <laughs> the books that much credit, yeah. but like a queer-coded character in the districts and yeah. show that it's not just something that people in the capital can afford to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Especially if we're meant to think that they're the bad ones yeah. and we're the good ones because we know mm-hmm. how to have gender roles. Yeah. For the sake of coming back to uh, something I very much love, because uh, I want to talk positively for a bit about sort of uh, using mm-hmm. stereotypes. Um if we go over to the Penumbra podcast, Jane yes. Starling, um, they purposely like have characters that embody certain stereotypes while simultaneously breaking them. We have um, in the background, we uh, one of the uh, supporting characters is very clearly a butch lesbian, and they mm-hmm. specifically made that choice. Uh, we have a very—I don't want to say a very effeminate um, gay man, but. Um, is described by the creators as being very femme. Um, and we only see this character attracted to men. They, uh, this character, he might be uh, bisexual, but we only ever see him. He flirts with lots of people, mm. but we only see him being attracted to this one man. Um, Gino, of course, is our bisexual non-binary protagonist who I adore and um, is, is explicitly non-binary, but it's also like a very rough and tumble, hard drinking detective, like, and uh, yeah, and who happens like in one episode is forcibly put lipstick on uh, mm. because he's going to be on camera, and he's just like objecting to the fact he's having lipstick on, and then showing him and go, oh, actually, I look really good in this color, and it's just, uh, so yeah, I, 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 oh, I have to give a shout out to to the Penumbra podcast because I was listening to a commentary and this is off topic but they were just saying how in the Juniverse which is what they call it which makes me really happy it's just like one of the the magical things is just like people automatically know people's gender expression and reads their gender correctly and I'm just like what fucking utopia is this like everybody knows that Juno is non-binary and will refer to him as a lady because he likes to he uses he him pronouns and is a lady I think when you're talking about the butch lesbian thing, it makes me think of writers. Mm. It is not more progressive mm-hmm. to code someone as a butch lesbian, and have but them then straight. but make them straight. It's not more progress. Like a joke that really I get tired of. It doesn't offend me. It's just tired. Some where you have the gay character, and then as a joke you say, "Oh, the straight one's more the gay one because he da, likes da, da, musical theatre and he like takes the care camp of skin." Straight. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> Those people exist and that's cool. Yeah. But don't frame it in that context of like, yeah. he's the real gay yeah, one. Yeah, you also get butch lesbians. Yeah, I mean, I think about... That's an important part of lesbian culture. Like, read, yeah. f- read was it Stone Cold Butch Blues? Hmm. Um, I don't know why this has popped into my head. Uh-huh. But I'm going to mention it. Please do. Well, like, I have a... I won't say complicated. I have a relationship with the James Bond franchise in that okay. I think it's all wrong. I don't really like it. Okay. But it's my brother's favourite thing. Yeah. And I see through his eyes 
the enthusiasm. I get yes. very excited about the films coming out because I okay. get to go to the cinema with my brother yeah. and see it. And sure. I love the title sequences. Uh-huh. I think a lot of them are well made. Mm-hmm. Um, I like yeah. the music, whatever. Mm-hmm. Favourite thing in a Bond film? They violently queer code the villain in Skyfall. Yeah. And then... Oh, that moment. The moment when he's kind of like coming on to Bond and you're thinking, uh, ooh, queer villainry. Bond just counters it. What makes you think this is my first? By like saying, he's okay. He, yeah. He, this doesn't threaten him. Yeah. And I love that moment. I love that moment because you have, no one has, you have James Bond who couldn't be more a archaic idea of masculinity. straight mas- masculinity. Yeah. And you have him saying like, doesn't phase me. I'm, you know, do what I like. Yeah. Um, and it's that kind of thing where you can take the stereotype. It takes so little effort to yes. to, to, skew, to, to skew a stereotype. You can then have a kind of queer coded villain mm. and not make your film demonize queerness. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a very subtle thing. I've frustrated with the web comic format in that I want to set up tropes and stereotypes yeah. to subvert them or comment on them uh-huh. but that takes a lot of time yeah. to set it up and then people might Break be annoyed by the setup yeah. and not stay around for oh but wait I was going to do this yeah um, for sure just but that's an example of not being scared to use a stereotype because we like queer coded villains yeah he's more memorable a villain yeah, we because, yeah. there's a know. reason why we love villains it's because they've been queer for so long they're just our people now you know I wouldn't want them to straight wash a yeah. John Wayne Gacy film oh, see. <laughs> like I'm, I've been re-watching it recently because I'm just thinking about the uh, the music video for Genghis Khan by Mike Snow yeah. I love that music video so much like we like to be villains we like to do everything we like to see gay characters and queer characters yeah. being awful people and mm. um, you know I don't have an inherent problem with a bisexual character cheating on someone in a drama it's the fact if you make it very clear in the context of the media, I have this problem all the time where I want to bury my gaze because I, yeah. A, want to include a lot of queer characters and, you write, and B, you like, you write want to genre, write drama. Yeah, you work in genres where people die. Um, I do like the increasing trope of immortal lesbians that I have seen in so many things Yeah, yeah. Uh, Revive and immortalise your lesbians. Revive, yeah. Uh, um, spoilers! List. Right, spoilers! 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 For the Adventure Zone, thirty seconds. They fucking brought back Sloane and Hurley. <laughs> fucking yes! Revive your gays, turn them into a tree, and have them come back as dryads. I mean, fucking that's... yes! Black Mirror and uh, Doctor <sighs> Who for both Bill, Bill and, and the pilot. Who... Uh, oh fuck! Heather, Heather, yes. And also the previous series kind of implied coding of. Clara and me. me like what is it about um, we're just sick of <laughs> we're so sick our, lesbians are bisexual our hatred are now fueling us for centuries of are, life um, sick of dying end of spoilers maybe I'll give a time code yeah please do um, I was so happy but yeah the the it's okay to do a stereotype yeah if I'm, if I'm drawing us to some kind of conclusion yeah we need to do that it is okay to do a stereotype don't be scared of them like tropes don't be scared of them they're a tool you can They're use them. Be aware of their limitations and their connotations. There are think about your own prejudices because if you think yes. the stereotype of someone being promiscuous or effeminate mm. or butch mm-hmm. is a bad thing, then that's probably more to say about your you. own judgments. These people exist and yes. like being represented. Mm-hmm. We're quite sick of yeah. uh straight washed queer characters who are basically nothing. Nothing. Um, but do, do your think of research. ways yeah think of ways to if James Bond can do it <laughs> yeah think of ways in which you can take a stereotype and make it clear that the product the media that you're doing yeah. is not demonizing it yeah don't add to yeah nothing like taking someone's own tools and using them against them in this case we're talking about the patriarchy yeah and like Oh, I, I'm. I think. I genuinely think the patriarchy is behind like all the world's problems. God, in so many like, fucking yeah. Whenever I talk about homophobia or transphobia, it's it's the patriarchy on a little thread of its evil tendril. Of course. Um, <sighs> my train was late because of the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, things being bad for us. Oh my god! I said at work. Uh, 
I had to come in at seven yeah. in the morning and oh, I said, you. that's homophobia. <laughs> and one of the people I was talking to got it and went, <laughs> and then they all went, went, oh my God, I'm, what, oh, no. what, what is tomorrow? Is that a day? I'm so sorry. I'm, what? And I was like, Oh, it was shit. just a joke. Anything that inconveniences me in the slightest way is homophobic. Um, yeah. Well, we I got a lot angrier in this episode than I was expecting to. Yeah, first half was kind of light frivolity. No, I did the, some yelling in the first half. Yeah, but the the completely misshapen and messy um, middle part of the show feels like a long distance memory because yeah. since then we've talked about all the world's evils. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's what a stereotype is. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's both and you're not quite sure. Yeah. If you want to get in contact with <laughs> us to yell about stereotypes, to talk about ones you like, about ones you really hate, things that you're working to disassemble, or maybe you just want to say hi. Um, on the old Twitter, I'm at Rose. I'm at Hamish Steele. And uh, yeah, there's lots of ways to get in contact with us if Twitter isn't your thing. Um, we're... At Box Not Included on Twitter as well, but also that on Tumblr. Um, we have a Facebook group, and I think after this episode, I'm gonna start a conversation about stereotypes because we didn't ask for any feedback, uh, mm. and maybe we'll bring it up in a later episode because I like to hear what ones you like and dislike, and which ones you are happy, pr- happy, yeah, maybe proud some of. good examples of it. it. Was something we didn't get the time to get to about like maybe examples of stereotypes we've particularly enjoyed. Yes. Uh, but of how they've subverted it, or even maybe how they haven't subverted it in the slightest, but you still love that character. The Facebook group is, I think it's called Box Not Included with, with Jade Hamish. Uh, Look for Box Not Included on <laughs> um, Facebook. But it's a good thing, and it's a closed group, so yeah. uh, no one can see what you post except the people in it, and yeah. we're all good people. And we're uh, pretty uh, good at uh, signing people off when they want to join. We also have an email address, boxnotincluded at gmail.com, for longer, direct, and private things. That we're changing the password so I can get into <laughs> it because I'm useless. Um, we also want to thank our producer and my wonderful partner, Graham Waller, audio overlord and master of the sound waves. He composed our theme music. Uh, he helps produce the podcast. And you can check out his work at grahamwaller.com and you can check out his amazing synthwave duo, uh, Glitch Wolf. They've got a couple of singles out on, and you can find those on iTunes and on Google Play. But until next time, I'm Jade Rose. I'm Hamish Deal, and this has never been more relevant. Don't let anybody box you in. <laughs>